When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Writer's Room, where the funny writers who sit in funny rooms and write funny stuff for other people finally get to talk. Here's your host, Emmy-winning writer and comedian, Jeff Cesario. Welcome to the podcast, uh, special edition. I call this the Writer's Room, uh, just because I'm fascinated by this crap. I got two great writers with me today. Uh, the great John Max, who's done yeah. virtually every award show ever invented since, I think, uh, Fire. I might be, I might not be going back far enough. And then Jeff Stilson, who's grown a full beard uh, just for this occasion. Uh, uh, both of you guys have writer's experience beyond award shows. Uh, great writer's experience. But let's focus on award shows because here's what a home viewer sees. You know, they see a host come out, tell a few jokes. Uh, then you get a round of applause. Presenters come out. They do a little patter. And then they start giving out awards. And then, you know, depending on how long the award show is, people stick around or they don't stick around. That's what it looks like to them. On the other side of it, it's it's kind of chaotic. <laughs> we hope it's Let's chaotic. start with the host. Start with the host. How do you write for or do you write for a host? How often do you get to write for a host, John? Uh, you know, on, on the uh, Oscars, you know, I was lucky enough to write for Billy for five uh, shows and for Hugh Jackman for his and Steve Martin for his and uh, with Jeff with with uh, for Chris Rock. And other times you're just writing the show. There's host writers and then there's show writers. So the uh, host writers come in if it's a usually if it's a big name stand up. Right. They'll bring in a couple of their own guys. But, Some of them will still take material from the writing staff. Others will not. They'll just stay right on on yeah. their guys. So you get in a room. So now you, you got a room of how many? How do you assemble a room? I'm going to ask this of John, too, and then we'll get Jeff. Uh, badly. Badly, of course. <laughs> now, they, again, you know, uh, again, if you have somebody who's, again, like a Billy or a Chris Brock, they have a regular team almost like it's okay. And maybe it'll change some years. Like, yeah, oh, we need a new wide receiver this year. You know, we need right, a new right. Uh, but it's it's a basic core group. And then uh, with others like Steve Martin, we, you know, there was a, a group, but we added in a number of people that Steve knew, like the great Dave Barry, for example, you know, right. wrote with, you know, and normally that's not what Dave Barry does. Hugh Jackman, of course, is not a stand up, you know, again. So he was like, John, who are some good writers, you know, and then you get to recommend or sometimes they'll say, oh, we have these people. And then you're brought into a situation where you're the incoming quarterback. And also, right. you know, so, John, never... you hired the writers for Hugh Jackman? Uh, no, I did not on that one. I did not on that one. I came in as the, the Russell Wilson <laughs> brought in <laughs> – to try no. to do what I could. Yeah, did you have uh, your your head coach, or did you have the new head coach? 
with uh, Russell Wilson. <laughs> I didn't yeah, go. I, did I kind of came in as the uh, the the hired gun and and moved on. Uh, and much like Manny Machado, I tried to renegotiate at one point. It didn't quite work. <laughs> it didn't work. So you get a room of writers together. Some are pure writers. Some are stand-ups slash writers. Some have experience with this host. Some do not. You'll put that room together. Let's, for the sake of this, say it's a live room. You're in the room together. Jeff, you've been in a a tremendous number of these rooms from the Oscars to MTV Awards to Guy's Choice Awards to the weirdest awards. I didn't do Guy's Choice Awards. Don't put that on me. (laughs) Oh, that's mine. That's just me. You weren't in that with me? (laughs) Jeff and I were busy. I'm a whore, but... Jeff and, I that awards. Jeff and I were busy that week with Habad Telethon, which was uh, Edward James <laughs> was the host. On the food then, chain, that's above Guy's Choice. Oh, no, I didn't know I just, that. Wait, I just said I wouldn't do the Guy's Choice Awards, but I did do the Victoria's Secret, whatever that was. <laughs> that monstrosity. Uh, so you get in, when you're writing monologue, uh, how does what's the process generally it's different right john i mean you know with rock you basically when we both did the academy awards with him both times he did it it's like you run it like a late night uh talk show you all submit jokes chris loves paper in his hands he loves just pages of jokes it's so pure and wonderful he just wants to, he wants to he wants to go through pieces of paper and make ticks and and then ultimately he ends up writing it 99% himself. And you if you get a tag, you're happy. You know, it's that type of thing. But that's, I mean, for him, that's how you do it. And then, I mean, isn't that generally how you do it? I mean, that's how Ellen does it too. I did it for, for Ellen. Uh, uh, Shandling, same thing. Yeah. Uh, Billy. When you, when you have someone who's not a, a comic. Yeah. John, uh, Jeff, you brought up a great thing. They digest it in a certain way. Comedians digest stand-up in a very familiar way for those of us who are writers and stand-ups. You write the jokes. They select the jokes. They refine the jokes. They go on stage. They make their last choices. It's done. When you have someone who's not a stand-up, John, how do you figure out from them the best way to digest the material? Yeah, it's, you know, again, well, first of all, and, and Jeff, you were with Billy, I know, uh, one year and in the room. And with Billy, Billy likes to get the writers together and read the jokes out loud. And right. he would go, okay, okay, beauty, Jeff, beauty, you know. And then with Billy, then he and I would sit. And then afterwards, when he took the beauties and kind of put it into the flow. With, with somebody who's not a stand-up, I give them a choice, which is if you give me your things you like your selects all kind of put it together in a flow that I think works. Or a lot of times they'll sometimes just say, okay, you look at all the jokes that everyone submitted and give me a monologue. And that's a little harder because unlike a standup, it's not coming from them. They are trying to read somebody else's material. Right. Right. Wow. All right. So you threw the monologue, which for most writers, I'm going to guess is still the most fun part of an award show because you know what you're getting. It's jokes. <laughs> and it's g- usually somebody with some experience delivering the jokes. And then comes the free fall into no man's <laughs> Well, uh, I was, go ahead. Oh, I'll just say, look at when you watch, 
when you watch Gervais host the Golden Globes, you're also looking forward to the intros. And we, yeah, I mean, well, look, Gervais is just taking it some other place. I mean, Chris, you know, Chris did that on the Oscars before Ricky did it on the Golden Globes. I mean, it was, uh, he went right. after the room the when we did the Oscars both times. And he also did great joke, jokey intros. Mm-hmm. So, so now m- monologues over. So you're thinking, I know a good writer's thinking, okay, we've got two avenues here. We have what uh, Beth Sherman likes to call the connective tissue monkeys, mm-hmm. which are the people who are good at just writing the crap that you're not even trying to get a joke in. Just give them the shtick, let them go out and read it and get to the award. And then there's the other track where it's like, where else can we tuck a joke into this bastard? Yeah. The, uh, you know, again, what we'll often do is take, you know, I would say with the intros, when you have a good, a great host, like, a, you know, a Chris or a Billy or a Steve or whatever, you, they'll come out and they'll sometimes just do a joke. Welcome back to the 59th Academy Awards joke. Joke that right. was monologue worthy, but didn't make the cut. Then right, right. And say, and now you know him from the Writers Room podcast, Jeff Cesaro. Okay, right, right, right. Or they'll do a joke. We'll write specific jokes about that that lead into you directly about you about your latest movie. You know him from this and this and this. You know, uh, so Marty Short would introduce Steve Martin with, and now it's it's my honor to welcome the jerk. I'm sorry, that's his movie title. Please welcome Steve. Martin. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you have that. so. So you're constantly looking for places to tuck another joke in. And yet that connective tissue, uh, what we used to call patter, can sink a show faster than anything. (laughs) Do you find, do you bring people on who are just good at that? I remember Buzz Cohan used to eat that crap up. And actually, Beth Sherman's pretty good at it. <laughs> Very good. She's really good. Again, she, when, when I think of connective monkey tissue, I if you Google it, Beth Sherman's name comes up. <laughs> and she, Beth is great at it. And, you know, so it's Buzz was, is, I don't know if he's still doing it. But, yeah, it's it's hard. And it's really hard. The hardest part, honestly, Jeff, is the patter for two people who've been put on stage to present an award who have never met before in their life. And please welcome <laughs> Sir Ben Kingsley and Topo Gijo. You know, so- <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And Jeff, you've you've got to you've got to write this stuff not just for the presenters, not just for the producers or the writers' room, which are already three people to answer to, three entities to answer to. But then we bring in the uh, uh, giant elephant in the room, the publicists, who have to clear oh. every freaking thing. They're that horrible. their person says on stage. They're awful people. <laughs> they're, there's not, they're awful. They're liars. They're schemers. They're, right. they're, they are the lowest form of show business life. <laughs> there's no doubt. They do nothing except make things worse. And, and they lie about what their clients supposedly want. They, I, I can't tell you how evil they are. Yeah. And then they lie about what you've written. They lie about, they just, you can't trust them at all. Um, But they're there and people should know that. If you're watching at home, it has been, it has been screened. If there's two people on stage giving an award out 
there are at least three to five publicists who are literally henpecking a writer backstage to get this material right. And then the head writer, someone like John has to come in and go, what the hell's going on? And at some point, John, I imagine you just have to go, I got other fish to fry. <laughs> They're on their own. Yeah, <laughs> and there's, there's act, Hugh Fink of, getting beaten up by in <laughs> act three publicists. Well, when you're doing best assistant cinematographer award, no one <laughs> afterward is going, you know, I felt that the presenter copy that 15 seconds before they got to the best, it was not as worthy as it was two years ago. No, all people want to do is get started. To me, it's great. The reason Jeff and I and you love to work with the host is there's no filter. Yeah. There's no, no filter. Right. In. And there are really there are really good publicists who say, let me set you up with so and so. And they just make the connection there. Oh, and so then you leave met it. a good publicist. <laughs> Have you really? I've yes, never I met one. I yeah. had one threaten my job once. I had one, it was a uh, God, this is <laughs> see, you're so much smarter than I am, uh, John. Um Oh, so man, it was it was the ESPY awards, right? Which are made up awards anyway. There's no <laughs> academy or whatever. That, so, so there's this publicist there. I think it was from Matthew Broderick and um, uh, who's, uh, who's Sarah, Jessica who's, Parker. Sarah Jessica Parker, Sarah Jessica Parker. Right. And, and they, uh, I think Sarah Jessica Parker went through like 30 jokes. Right. And according to her publicist, right. Oh. You never yeah. know. Did the publicist reject the joke or did Sarah Jessica Parker? So now you're right, right. now you're to the 31st best joke. The best joke was the first one that you offered up. Now that's been rejected and 30 others have been rejected. Now you're the 31st best joke. And so it's finally accepted at this point. Just I don't know why, um, you know, people just got tired of the process, I guess. So we're there. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker is going to come out at some bizarre joke about the utility infield for the Yankees, right? I remember that. Okay. So she's sitting next to, to uh, standing next to me and Bill Sheff, who's also writing on the show. And she says, this better work or it's your ass. And it's like the publicist does. And it's like, oh. The show's over. We don't work here anymore. <laughs> We're watching the show now. And so the joke, she does the joke. And I mean, there's not, there's not a peep. I mean, not a single person laugh. And Bill looks at her and says, well, I think that did pretty well. And, you know, <laughs> she looks at us and realizes I have no power here. And then just kind of walks off sheepishly and and we're laughing hysterically. Oh, but that's you know, that's what they're, they're used to using their clients power. Yeah. And then once the you know, once the, they have no power, it's right. Once the show's over or the words yeah. are out of their mouth, it's over. Yeah, There's yeah. also this element with celebrities, which is often, very often, when you actually get to them, which is usually backstage, either mere seconds before they go on, or maybe you get a brief shot at them at a dress rehearsal, which is just as chaotic. Either way, when you get to them, the celebrity will look at you and go, Oh, that's good. That's funny. Let's do that. And now you're scrambling <laughs> to take out all the copy that had to go through yeah. 19 filters and get the joke the celebrity actually wants into the prompter. 
the uh, I actually sometimes will back pocket those first 30 jokes. It's just uh-huh. uh, I'll back pocket <laughs> because then if the celebrity says, you know, I I really don't like this one here and they'll go one is really good why didn't you send that to me once on the once on the espies uh you know although eddie driscoll we sure uh, tony danza was the host i think and uh the first three jokes were killer and the fourth joke tony had written himself and we kept saying this doesn't really fit the flow Uh and he did it and crickets and he said i didn't write that and I had to physically restrain Eddie Driscoll yeah. from running on the stage <laughs> and attacking him. Oh, my God. Oh, that's great. Uh, then, often in a show like this, especially if you've got a comic as a host or just somebody sharp and bright, you can write to the events of the show itself. That's when it kind of kicks into another gear, when you've got somebody good enough I remember ages ago, I was working with Gary Shandling on a Grammys, and it was the year that uh, Bonnie Raitt just cleaned up. And it was also the year, I believe, of another Denver Broncos Super Bowl loss. So at one point, he said, I need something here. She's got four awards. And I said, uh, if you're keeping score at home, it's Bonnie Raitt for Denver Broncos, nothing. Something like that. Yeah. But just the exhilaration yeah, of that yeah. for a writer standing backstage in a tux nobody's ever going to see. <laughs> you know, you've gotten the opportunity to write to the moment. How is that for you guys? Is that fun? Is that hard? Is it both? Uh, both. I mean, to me, one of the great, one of the most fun moments was it was the year. It was two thousand three, and we were backstage with Steve Martin. And the it was the year Michael Moore, through every speech, had been attacking President Bush. And every time he won, Directors Guild, Writers Guild, whatever. <laughs> but he goes up and he wins for his documentary. And he does, it's an intolerable war, Mr. Bush. It's an intolerable war. And we knew we had like a minute and a half. And Steve looks and goes, what? And together, Steve and I and Dave Barry and whoever else was back there, we came up with something that went like, uh, as he left, you could hear noises from the back booing. And Steve just came out and said, uh, that's the Teamsters are helping Michael Moore to the trunk of his limo. <laughs> <laughs> and it just, I mean, it was Steve's delivery. It was Steve's joke. It destroyed. And he ca- just came back afterwards, you know, and, then, and now please welcome whoever. And then he came back. He just went, wow. And it's that moment where you say, it's worth the Writers Guild minimum we're getting paid. <laughs> right, right. That's another thing people don't understand. Writers have generally been scraped together from various corners of the universe to work for award show minimum. This is not like a minimum you would get on a sitcom if you were working two months. This is a blanket fee that is not a lot of money. That is, I believe, still four figures or very near <laughs> to just four figures. <laughs> Getting the decimal point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and I think writers do it because there's a foxhole mentality about it and then a feather in the cap on the top award shows but if it's not the oscars or the emmys even the grammys get funky so it's like all right i'm gonna go in and just hang with a bunch of great writers and have a blast that's often the motivation it's old show business 
It's so I love it. It's it's comedy variety um, with well mostly variety, but there's a little bit of cocky in there. But uh, <laughs> it's it's fantastic. It, this goes back you know decades, and there's something pure about that being able to to do a form uh, that uh, as well. I don't know how much longer it's going to last, but uh, historically, you know, it's one of the oldest forms of of television that's exciting and you're around great people for the most part yeah you've got the publicists that you have to deal with and some schmuck producers but um it's fun i mean it it really is fun it's is it fun all the way up and down the line there's a pecking order we just alluded to it clearly the oscars are still at the top i think the emmys are high the grammys are high we have all worked those and then also worked jeff as you say the victoria's secret award I worked the Fashion Rocks Award show that Dennis Leary was hosting, <laughs> which was well, great fun. And we slipped a joke in. Nobody got at the Fashion Awards, which was uh, uh, Tim Gunn makes Isaac Mizrahi look like Brett Favre. <laughs> 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 and like nothing. We're at we're at uh, um, uh, Radio City Music Hall. Nothing, but but we just had so much fun doing it. Does it become more fun in a way when you work the crappier shows? But I don't know what you define. I mean, look, the, the secret, the Victoria's Secret, I don't know what that was. But there's clearly a motivation. And you worked it. <laughs> there's clearly a motivation for taking that gig, right? Um, but, you know, don't forget that Zoolander, the character Zoolander, came out of the VH1 Fashion Awards. That's right. Um, there, the, the the philosophy used to be when Joel Gallen produced some of these shows was just be as funny as you can. And we did that in the Academy Awards with Chris. We did a couple of uh, film pieces and, um, you know, Billy did great openings. Right. Uh, it, it, it was a little different. Um, That's falling a little more by the wayside. Uh, there seem to be less and less shows that are looking for, Interesting, interesting sketch pieces, whether they're live or pre-tapes. Yeah. Uh, and why do you think talent. that is? Well, is I don't talent think, dependent. I think so. Yeah. I mean, if Chris were to host again, I'm sure he'd want to follow the formula that he's done the last couple of times. But um, you know, Ellen did a. I know everyone hates Ellen now, but Ellen's really good at these shows. I, I wrote yeah. her on the Emmys and the Academy Awards, and she's one of the best. She's and, a crazy uh, pro. She's she's unbelievably pro. She's just the truth is she's funny as hell. Yeah, and, she's she's uh, hilarious. You know, uh, and she does comedy all through the the, the show, show. Yeah, yeah. So I I I I loved writing for her, um, just because you know most of the stuff you just. Um, in fact, I might actually have faxed material at some point. That's how far I go back <laughs> to Ellen. But I just wait for her to have her second Chablis or Chardonnay and then send my jokes in. And yeah. she couldn't have been uh, kinder. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, God, she's, she's, she's one of the best at it. What, what was me, the weirdest host combination you ever worked for? Well, John can answer that. The weirdest host combination I ever worked or with. host, uh, and I know John, you're a major. Uh, you you have lasted as long as you have, which is close to seventy three years now, because because <laughs> you're diplomatic. So I don't want to put you on the spot. I'm not trying to put you on the yeah, spot. Well, they're all great. 
So, I mean, I, you know, so that's the harshest card. Speaking of diplomacy. (laughs) They're all fantastic. You know how hard that is for a guy from Philly (laughs) to be that diplomatic? (laughs) Come on, tell us about Neil Patrick Harris. You worked on that, right? (laughs) No, I did not work on that Oscars. You dodged that bullet. I I did not work on that Oscars with Neil in 2015. Uh, It was, uh, it was I, I had a pretty uninterrupted stint from 97 to 2014 and I did not get along with the producer. It was the only producers I really didn't get along with. And so in 2015, it was a mutual decision uh, that I would not be doing that show. And then I can oh, you go, you should go into the front office for a baseball team. Good Christ. That was, that, that you was, like that? that. That was good. That was somebody said, we put 43 mines in the minefield. How did John Max get through? <laughs> <laughs> and I know, John, I know you got to leave yeah. whenever you have to leave. You just leave Jeff stick around and we'll, and we'll clean up. Yeah. But uh, John, before you go, um, highest point, lowest point of any award show you've done. Uh, highest point for me was probably the second year. The, the single individual moment was with Steve doing that watching that joke happen about Michael Moore in terms of a whole show. uh, The two would be probably with Chris, just getting to work with him. And then Billy, the second year of the year of the Titanic, we had a great film opening film. We had a great song. The monologue killed the presenter stuff. He did the intros were great and 55 million people watched, which is. Yeah, that's, that's big. Yeah. So in terms of shows, I think it would be Billy in 98, Steve Martin probably in 2003, and then Chris, uh, what was that, 2006, Jeff, or 2000, and 2016, I think. I, I think, think so, yeah. Too. Ten years and ago. And what's the wor- weirdest? I got to go worst Because you oh, – hang on. Oh, yeah. damn it. Damn it. <laughs> Click. Wait, you're not you're I don't care what other little Zoom shit you have. I need a bad antidote. <laughs> okay. You uh, owe okay. me that at least. Okay, well, you don't the, have the, to the, say the host. Okay. The worst moment was also my best story. It was just being backstage, watching, sitting there with two great producers, Mike DeLuke and Jennifer Todd, and seeing Faye Dunaway and Warren Beatty announce the, the oh. thing. And this is where I screwed up. Normally, I never take a sip of champagne till after the show. Someone cracked a bottle of champagne. I took a sip because they were saying the winner is La La Land. This is the best best picture award, correct? Yes, yeah, that's that picture. Warren Beatty swallows, if I'm right. not mistaken. Right. I take a sip of the champagne because I just went Faye Reese because she grabs the envelope from Warren and says La La Land. And then I see Warren with a puzzled look in his face. Somebody cracks the champagne. I take a sip, and then I see Gary Natoli, the stage manager, walking on stage. And I'm, this is in slow motion from there. Well, this is odd. Gee, I wonder what this is. Is the show over? Hey, Gary. And then Jennifer Todd takes off her headset, turns around, and goes, they read the wrong name. Oh, my God. And I said, because I'm very quick in these things, goes, what do you mean? <laughs> and, she, and she said, La La Land did not win. Name. And I said, again, because as you know, Jeff, I'm pretty smart. I said, What does that mean? And so that was the moment. And again, it is the moment I am most curious about, other than obviously what happened last year. 
you know, yeah. with with uh, Will Smith. Yeah. When you see something like that, I know you got to go. When you see something like what happened to Chris uh, with Will Smith, what's the first thought goes through your mind? Having done a hundred of these, my first thought, honestly, was because Chris is a friend. Was is he is he okay? Is he okay. And then yeah. seeing how amazingly he recovered and handled it. Then my second thought was, will he get to the joke I had sent him? That was, that was my second thought. <laughs> you know, you know, and, and that's great. You know, and then the third thought was, once I saw that I was, we were going to be to talk to Chris was because of my political consulting, whatever it was, yeah. how can I help in this crisis management? And of course, no one asked. So, right. so <laughs> that was that. There you go. All right, John, I know you got to go. Thank you so much for coming on. Great, great. Still some stick around. Again. This is fun. We See definitely will do it again. Thanks, See you John. Later today. All right, now, Jeff, when you see Chris Rock get whacked, uh, I'll be honest. My first thought was, if I were backstage, I'm not sure I could have prevented myself from going out there and and just getting to the edge of the stage or something and saying, stop, no, nobody goes on stage and hits a freaking presenter, comic, especially Chris. I don't know what, what you worked with, Chris. You produced his HBO show, which was hugely successful. You have a great relationship with him. You work on him on a continuing basis on projects. When you see that, what what goes through your head? It made me sick that no one just stopped the show and kicked Will out. Yeah. It made me sick. There are all these producers, two hosts who are friends with Chris, and no one had the wherewithal in the moment to just say, no, 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 this doesn't, he doesn't get his little Oscar and get to give his speech about being a, a, I don't know what it was about being. I I can't even remember. Um, That's what upset me because look at it. It was just a throwaway joke. Chris writes spectacular jokes. That wasn't one of them. It was just, it wasn't. Yeah, but it, it it, it was, it was, I would say it serves a purpose as an icebreaker. And sometimes you do that, especially as a comic, when you're going out to present, you want to, you want to pop the balloon a little bit, get any weird air out of there. You throw a zinger out, a quick little just icebreaker. And then bam, then you're into the real jokes you've prepared. And he probably came up with it, maybe even backstage. Who knows when he thought yeah. of it, but I'm sure he thought of it as this is, I'm just going to, I'm throwing, he almost did it on his walk out. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just yeah. a total throwaway. Yeah, it made me sick. And you know what? The truth is, um, uh, Chris has done a million jokes about Jada Pinkett and Will Smith. I, he, what's weird about it is, I, you know, Chris considered Will his friend. I, I wrote on the BET Awards for Will Smith and Jada Pinkett because Chris recommended me. And that's how how much faith Will Smith had in Chris Rock. He hired his writers for the BET Awards, and I have to say, Will was Will was great. I mean, mm-hmm. he was a he he was respectful. He he was that's why it also tore me up because I've had some wonderful experiences writing for comedian. I don't know if Will's a comedian. I don't know what he is. I guess he's an actor. Well, he's certainly a comic actor. Whatever. He knows but his he way was, around a joke. He he was 
really good to me. So I hated it's like seeing your parents fight in a way, except Chris. I just, you know, I, I'm, I'm bonded with Chris forever. We, we started stand up together. I was the head writer on his show, the HBO show. I've worked with him on the Oscars. I, I, I just love the guy. He's, he's fun to be around. He treats you well. Um, you know, we did a movie together. So I hated to see it. But somebody shouldn't have allowed him to, to make that acceptance speech and get his Oscar. You don't get to assault someone on national television. You just don't get to do it. And it was. It was a vicious slap. By the way, he never would have tried that shit on Jamie Foxx. No. There no. would have just been blood and, uh, you know, some some hair on the stage. Uh, I, I think that uh, I think that he he only did it. It was a very it was a bully move. It was a bully yeah. move. But yeah. anyway, I I I hope I hope somehow. I don't think Will should be canceled. I think that's, but it was it was a level up from <laughs> from anything else I've seen. I've never seen anyone assaulted on stage. Yeah. Out of all the award shows you've done, including Victoria's Secret. <laughs> Is that an award show or what was that? I don't even know. What I don't was. know, but it, it, fall, it certainly falls into that category. A special, an award special, who knows what it is. That's a great point. A lot of these shows aren't even award shows, and yet they're oh. written along that format. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, um, okay, uh, working on something right now called the Mark Twain Prize. So it's more of a tribute show, right? Even though someone gets, it's not an award, so it's a prize, um, <laughs> and but doesn't involve money. I think that was Eddie Murphy's line. <laughs> I, 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 when I heard it was called the Mark Twain Prize, I was under the impression that I got paid for this. Um, yeah, they're there, but they follow a different format. We have people come out and give testimonials or pay tribute to uh, someone. Uh, they also had these one night onlys with Alec Baldwin. Uh, they did one for Alec Baldwin, one for Eddie Murphy, and one for Don Rickles. And I worked on all those, and they're spectacular. Right. Because In what around way? Around these people that um, this is before Alec Baldwin killed anybody. Right. So uh, uh, you, you felt all right about him receiving the uh, the tribute. Um, and those are unbelievably fun. Um, Why? And, and I learned, I worked with John on all of those. And John taught me something that uh, has helped me a lot. Um, you know, you have to write these drafts of four or five minute, six minute tributes that the that the various people will be delivering on the show. And that first draft is horrible. You know, first draft is five or six minutes. That can take forever to write. So one day we're in the writer's room and John says, all right, uh, what do we want to say about, about, it was for the Rickles one. What what do we want blankety blank to say about Don? And then we hit, well, they can say this, you can say this. He can say this, and he can say this. And and John says, great, I'll be back in 20 minutes. And he went and he banged out a draft in 20 minutes, right? <laughs> right. It wasn't perfect, but it had some good jokes in it. 
Yeah. And, it was, and now after that, it's just a matter of, okay, making it better rather than just, you, you know how first drafts are. You can spend <clears throat> brutal. days That's, trying to yeah. get it right in your head. Especially when the joke is not the primary concern of the producers. When uh, uh, plaudits are the primary concern of the producers. When kind words, when beautiful sentiment is the primary concern. And you've got a room full of joke writers primarily. <laughs> uh, it can really, really be difficult. Well, I remember we struggled with that on one of the shows I worked on for a, a Sexiest Woman Alive award. And it was just like, ay, ay, ay. You know, people really had to work to get the sentiment in it and then see if there's a way. For a comic, it's reverse engineering. For a comedy writer, it's reverse engineering. For the producers, it's like, why can't you just say something nice <laughs> and let's move on? Well, the great thing about those shows and the Mark Twain Prize, it's for American humor, not comedy, because it was on PBS and you can't comedy is below them. Too strong a word? Comedy, yeah. It's like, oh, no, we're, Too we're street. smart people. <laughs> we like humor. But now it's on CNN. Um, and, uh, no, the great thing about those shows is that, um, they're for comedians, right? So they're, they're, they're not roasts, but they're somewhere between a roast and a tribute. So right. you get to, you get to do, you know, and you're working with really funny people. You know, you just think about like the one night only, uh, for Eddie Murphy, it had rock and Jamie Foxx and I mean, wow, Martin Lawrence, it, it Tracy Morgan, just a bunch of really funny people and, and, and Charlie Murphy. And so you're, you're writing stuff for those guys and, and they're, you know, they're, they're, they're helping you out. Yeah. Uh, That's a different challenge. That's like, I got to bring my double a game here. I can't just, yeah, this isn't a regular award show. This is something I got to really crank those a material. Those are really fun. And, and, you know, you're working with them and then you keep, you know, I like that. I don't like that. And sometimes, you know, uh, you're just kind of giving them the first draft and they take it from there. Uh, other times they'll say, oh, you got some other jokes here. Let's get rid of that joke. Let's do this. So those are fun. You know, especially once you get that first draft out. And I learned that from John Max. I mean, he's the ultimate pro. He's so good yeah. at every aspect of this. He's, first of all, he's a, you know, he used to write for Leno for I don't know how many years. Yeah, nearly he two decades. Write, he knows how to write jokes. He's great at structure. And, you know, he can take the edge off of the bullshit that you have to deal with on the show. That's something we didn't touch on. And maybe it's good we didn't with John here. Because you bring up a great point. The head writer on these shows can make a massive difference for the staff as to how the experience is. Is it going to be a good experience? Is it going to be a bad experience? That's true on virtually any show in any room. It's especially true in these tight timeline gigs like award show. If you got a guy like John who's experienced just about everything, and who is completely unafraid to walk into a room of producers knowing he's going to get his ass kicked about something and just go do it and spare the writer's room so they can keep going. It's a weird and interesting combination of character traits that it takes to be a head writer for these gigs. And you've well, you done know, You know John's 
history, he was a campaign manager before yeah. he was a comedy writer. So he had to deal with those egos and, and he, you know, he takes that, uh, expertise with him to comedy where you basically the same type of person in show business is in politics. I mean, less at stake. They're just <laughs> same person, less at stake. Well, I guess they're equal. No, it's worse. Yeah. Equally <laughs> ugly, but less funny politicians. And, um, uh, you know, John, so John brought that, but you know, producers can also help you a lot. Um, I don't know if you've ever worked for Jesse Collins. He, yes. He produced the Golden Globes this year. Um, along with Dick Clark Productions. And Jesse's really good at just kind of shielding the writers from the BS. He's right. really good at it. You know, and 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 then, well. Don Misher was always well, incredibly. Was Misher was. Misher's, yeah. That's man, a writer's man. producer there, which is really rare. Uh, Misher was, uh, I, 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 the first, I think, probably the first Oscars I did, Misher was producing. He's just a pro. I mean, yeah. you don't. God. Well, look at Peter LaSalle is the greatest late night producer of all time. And I think Misher is the greatest. Um, I don't know what you'd call it. It's not just award shows that he does. Big event shows. Yeah. Well, he expects he hires good people. He hires good writers. He expects them to do their job. And because of that respect, writers do their job. They just do it. They just he's, get the job done. Yeah. And you just love working for him. He's just, God, he's so knowledgeable and he's a good guy and he's smart. Yeah, he's not an asshole. He's just, he just can run an operation. And, and, and you know, you mentioned someone earlier that uh, deserves a mention too, which is Joel Gallen, who between the MTV Awards and the ESPYs, uh, which... Both in the 80s and 90s, and I think the, the SPs didn't come around till the 90s. He, he did that too? Yeah. yeah, he does a lot of those. But he he really kind of pioneered that kind of gonzo approach. I remember the SPs I worked on, which was really the first ones where they did funny stuff. And Joel just went in and said, it's going to be better if you let us do the some funny stuff here. And Joel can be prickly, but... Boy, he, he's also got a great radar, and he's he's completely willing to admit when something ain't right. <laughs> he'll just go at some point. He just goes, "Fuck it, that's bad. We're not doing that." <laughs> and he'll just oh, move on. Joel's great. I mean, yeah, he can be a little high strung, but I don't think so much anymore. I think he's calmed down a lot, and he's really good at what he does. He's unbelievable at what he does, and he made up these award shows with these networks. I yeah. mean, they didn't have anything. And he came in and went, okay, let's do this, 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 and this. We'll get funny shit in here. We'll get artists to come in here and do cameos. We'll get pre-tapes. You know, he really kind of pioneered super funny in uh, in all of that. Joel and I are both Detroit Lions fans, so uh, I understand why he's emotionally tortured. Those were really fun shows. I mean, just 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 coming up with with things for sports people to do. And that's really the ESPYs. That's really where, where ESPN got the idea. Oh, this worked great. Let's bring some of this into our promos. And that's when they started to do funny promos. It all hinged off of a Joel Gallon produced ESPY awards. Yeah. I, I worked on the ESPYs a 
couple of times or a few times. I can't remember, but um, I, I got to work on the one when Norm hosted. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. And uh, I think after that, they started to dial back comedy because, one, it was too funny. Uh, and the athletes, a lot of them just didn't like being the butt of jokes, you know, yeah. they just didn't like it. And God, Norm, I don't know if you remember any of the jokes from that. I don't. Oh, oh do you, it's one of the best jokes. I I wish I would have written it uh, about how uh, Charles Woodson won the Heisman Trophy that year. And Norm's joke in his monologue, boy, there, there you go, Charles. There's something that. Nobody can ever take away from you. Well, unless you kill your wife and a waiter. (laughs) It was like, like, wow, that's one of the best jokes I've ever heard. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) and it, and it, I think it killed in the room, but it was one of those things that was one of those lines that was so funny. People had to laugh, but then, they were ashamed of themselves after they left. Right, right. It was really, God, he, uh, Norm, I miss Norm so much. Yeah. That do was you play. Uh, do, do you, how do you deal with the politics in a room? Because sometimes there are politics in a writer's room for these kinds of gigs. And there are writers who will uh, do a variety of tricks to get their material in. Uh, you know, in priority position or to make sure that it makes the show. I think there's less and less of that, but it still does exist. I think there's less. I don't even know. I mean, uh, I, I, that's just never even been a consideration. I mean, that's uh, great. That's great. Usually you just, uh, you know, you, you submit your stuff and you hope it's good enough to, to make it on the show. Um, yeah, that's never been a problem. I, I find, the more difficult aspect, the publicist, if you're writing for presenters, uh, it's the publicist who really just lie. Yeah. And and they, they want, I don't know what it is. They want to, they want to hold sway over the show, but they're publicists. So that's the hardest aspect, um, for me, but, uh, uh, other than that, no, it's it, it, it's fun. You know, when you write, anytime you get to write for someone like Rock or Shandling or Ellen, yeah. um, you're happy because y- you want to. Yeah. You know, broke into this game writing for Letterman. And yeah. every day when you wrote something, he'd take it on TV and make it funnier. And um, if if you can work for someone like that. Yeah. You're happy. That's and great. All those rock and and uh, and Ellen and Shandling. You wrote for Shandling. You know what it's like. Those they make it. They make it so funny, and you, and you just feel happy that you contributed. Well, listen, Jeff Stilson. Thank you so much for coming on. I can't think of a better way to get out of this uh, entire conversation than uh, actually either of us saying something nice, which you uh, thank God uh, covered. Yeah, can uh, I just get it one more dig in it? Publicist before we go? <laughs> sure, if you want. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I've had publicists go, he's got three sentences and my client only has two. Oh, they're off. They're just really off. <laughs> and you go, and they're, liar. they're liars. And you know they're lying to you. 
And their clients know that they're lying for them, yeah. for them. And, and they, I, I don't, I don't know. It's like when you, you're injected with, you know, isn't penicillin just some, it's, it's whatever, whatever disease you have, don't they just inject that into you to, to kill it off or something? It's like that. Yeah. It's, what, it's some awful. Right. It, well, it's like a vaccine. Yeah. V- vaccines are vaccines. That's what essentially teeny bits. Build up immunity. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's what publicists are. They're just something nasty that apparently is necessary to show business. <laughs> but why? We have social media. I guess this show is going to be kind of a springboard into um, eliminating publicists from. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe we'll co-host this. And within uh, a year and a half, we'll see if we've made any dents in the ranks of publicists. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, my thanks to uh, uh, John Max, the great John Max, and uh, Jeff Stilson, who's still hanging around here. Uh, on the writer's room here, we're going to keep doing this. I'm going to mix it up on Play With Pain. I'm going to do some writer's rooms, and then we'll do some sports stuff still. But we're in a stretch here, folks, if you're uh, avid listeners of Play With Pain, where we don't have that many sports. And uh, I'm fascinated. I love being in writer's rooms. I love writing in them. And I love writers. So we're going to do some writer's rooms coming up here. And then we'll hit uh, we'll hit some good play with pains and some good sports. So uh, thanks a ton for listening. Uh, check out my album, What Was I Thinking? Streaming everywhere. Or it's on uh, the Sirius XM comedy channels. It's on Laugh USA or Laughs USA, I think. And uh, Jeff and Larry's Comedy Roundup. Uh, so check those out. You can even write them if you want, uh, Sirius, and request the clips. But uh, I had a blast doing it. And I want to thank Sirius for playing them. Uh, so once again, thanks to uh, Jeff and John, and uh, we'll do it next week. Next week, I have uh, the two writer performers from the uh, old Adam Carolla podcast. I got Gina Grad and I got uh, Bald Brian Bishop. So we're going to sink our teeth into what it's like to write for a guy when you know you have to squeeze stuff in in various spots. And uh, that's going to be a fun one. Okay, folks, thanks for tuning in. See ya.